This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. For decades, family farmers have worked in solitude, far away from consumers, but that's about to change. The Corn Farmers Coalition wants to engage the public in a discussion to reaffirm farmers' commitment to safe, abundant, and affordable food. Through innovation, technology, and ingenuity, farmers are meeting our growing needs for food, fuel, and fiber. To learn more about how productivity and sustainability go hand in hand, go to www.cornfarmerscoalition.org. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Hello, I'm Ken Root. This week's guest is Chuck Connor, a Benton County, Indiana native who has worked in legislative, administrative, and agricultural association positions for many years. His tenure in Washington, D.C. began in 1985 with Indiana Republican Senator Richard Lugar. He directed the staff of the Senate Agriculture Committee through the most important farm bills of the modern era. Connor has held other positions outside the legislative branch of government. From 1997 to 2001, he served as president of the Corn Refiners Association. In 2005, the George W. Bush administration called Connor to serve in the U.S. Department of Agriculture in the number two position as deputy secretary under former Nebraska governor and current senator Mike Johans. He was moved to acting secretary in the interim period after Johans' departure and before former North Dakota Governor Ed Schaefer became Secretary of the USDA. Connor again left government in 2009 to become the President of the National Council for Farmer Cooperatives, a position he holds today. He is rumored to be on the short list for U.S. Secretary of Agriculture if Governor Romney wins the presidency in November. Well, Chuck Connor, you are the President of the National Council for Farmer Cooperatives, and I appreciate you being with us for AgriPulse Open Mic. I know that you uh, knew Stuart Doan, and I want to recognize that up until a month ago, this was his show, and we're just trying to fill in. Well, Ken, our heart goes out to Stuart's family. He was a great spokesman for American agriculture, and uh, we miss him greatly in this business. My first question is about Senator Luger, who recently lost in a primary election in Indiana. He was such a strong advocate for agriculture for so long it's hard to believe that he will no longer hold that job. What do you make of what happened to cause a veteran senator to lose in a primary in a Midwestern state? Well, Ken, there's no question for those of us who have had long careers associated with Senator Luger, uh, it was a big shock and and, and a real blow to us. Uh, For Indiana Agriculture, Luger had uh, been a long-standing member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, had been uh, involved in drafting of of at least seven different farm bills, Uh, really the father of the Conservation Reserve Program, uh, uh, one of the uh, co-founders of many of our current uh, ethanol provisions in this country. So his impact on Midwest and corn agriculture is just uh, tremendous. And so it was uh, um, shocking, I guess, to to see uh, uh, so many people uh, line up and and in such a wide margin uh, uh, change the results of that election. Uh, I've uh, I've uh, seen Senator Luger, and I know that he's handling it well, and his career is certainly not over. But, uh, you know, th- these are volatile political times. And, uh, you know, my advice to every candidate is to uh, take nothing for granted during these kind of times. 
Let's turn to the cooperatives. Uh, first of all, this is the year of the cooperative, and uh, tell us about your celebration and what you're highlighting. Well, 2012, Ken, is the uh, International uh, Year of Cooperatives, and uh, NCFC, that represents all the farmer-owned cooperatives in the U.S., has taken advantage of this to declare this the Year of the Farmer Co-op as well. And we're traveling around the country uh, highlighting, uh, really, the impact that uh, farmer-owned cooperatives uh, bring uh, to this great agricultural economy that we have in the U.S. And we talk about jobs. Uh, we believe over 300,000 people in America directly owe their employ uh, to farmer-owned co-ops. Uh, certainly the value that we bring uh, to our producer in terms of doing the things for them that as an indiv individual producer they simply couldn't do for themselves. Uh, these are strong talking points and certainly strong at a time when the world is really looking to the U.S. and, and analyzing, you know, are they going to be able to meet those food challenges in the future? We believe we will, and we believe the role of the farmer co-op in doing that is going to be substantial. Let me inquire about the dairy industry, an industry that's been challenged by lack of demand and low prices. Do you feel the policy changes and the new safety net for dairy farmers will benefit the industry? Well, Ken, as you know, dairy is one of the sectors of our agricultural economy that has not seen, if you will, the best of times. Uh, the last couple of years have been not only volatile for, for them, but they've seen some of the lower prices that we've seen in recent times with dairy producers. And, and this has uh, you know, caused some uh, tension and stress in the industry. I've been involved in seven farm bills, Ken, and each year, or each farm bill, uh, the dairy producers uh, do struggle with coming up with what you would call a unified policy recommendation. And they, they seem to uh, you know, be all over the place in terms of what they want. This year is different. Uh, the dairy producers, for the most part, have come together with a, a common uh, dairy policy that they would like to see come out of this next farm bill. And, uh, and for the most part, uh, vast, vast majority of the industry supports that, and I've, I've never seen that in my uh, history uh, with the dairy industry and with dairy co-ops. So this is a remarkable thing. It's a, it's a, it's a growth-oriented uh, uh, dairy plan because today uh, about 15% of the dairy products in this country are exported. And so they need a different kind of dairy policy based upon you know, those changing market conditions, but also based upon the fact that they are a sector that continues to struggle a little bit financially and need that safety net and need the, the uh, risk management that a farm bill can bring to that industry. Regarding the upcoming farm legislation, is it going to be dominated mostly by the cut in spending that will be required or are we still going to have this civil war between northern and southern agricultural interests that dominates it as it moves into discussion in the Senate and in the House? Well, certainly the, a, a big limiting factor right now, Ken, is, is the, are the regional differences in the Farm Bill. And, you know, and you have rice and peanut producers from the southern region saying that, uh, you know, everything they're reading about in the current Farm Bill uh, direction is... is uh, geared too much towards, if you will, Midwest corn and Midwest soybeans. And I, I don't really know whether, you know, who's right in that circumstance, but I know that in order to get a farm bill passed, you have to have regions of the country come together. And it can't be a civil war, if you will, between uh, those regions. And so in order for this farm bill to progress, uh, there has to be some kind of meeting of the minds between the, the various commodity and regional interests. Could you tell me if you think a, quote, deal has been cut to satisfy the Southerners, 
even in the Senate bill when it comes to the floor or in some other relationship so that they can uh, realize that a farm bill will be passed that's, that's somewhat to their benefit. Well, I don't think a deal has been cut yet, Ken. We anticipate uh, for action in the Senate probably within the next two weeks. I know they're working uh, uh, furiously trying to uh, come up with a plan that satisfies all those interests. Uh, that, that plan is, is still pretty elusive, uh, and uh, they hope uh, you know, to be able to pull something together again before Senate floor debate because, uh, uh, you know, as I, I mentioned, um, you know, you, you've got to have some uh, regional balance in order for these bills to go forward. It's hard to pass a farm bill. You're not going to pass a farm bill when, you know, there's a squabble within the family. Uh, so they've got to, you know, they've got to eliminate that squabble in order to, to have a chance of overcoming all the other odds against a farm bill, including the budget concerns. On the House side, they're talking target prices to put into this farm bill. Do you think that will wind up in the full bill later? It's hard to say at this point, honestly, Ken, and I don't know what the final outcome will be. I know as I traveled the, the countryside, I know uh, farmers were pretty comfortable with the target price system uh, that was in place. I know that was particularly true when you went down south, and so there was a, a lot of pressure for that comfort factor. I think the thing with target prices is relative to today's commodity prices, they're very, very low. And I'm not sure, given the budget pressures that we're under, that, that you can raise target prices in this kind of environment or raise them enough to, to matter much relative to market prices. And I think that's what you'd have to do. And that's, that's a tough thing to do, again, in this kind of environment where everything is less, less, less. It's hard to come back with a farm bill and say, we, we raise these support prices. And uh, that's a difficult sell, particularly when you get to the House floor where uh, very few of those members have a single farmer in their entire voting district. So you've really got to make the case that this is a good, austere farm bill. I'm going to be political, and you can hide if you want. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, you are working on behalf of uh, Governor Romney. Uh, and I wonder if he is going to have an agricultural platform and policy that's going to be coming out in the near future? And if so, what's in it? Well, Ken, let, let me just say that uh, I, I'm, I don't claim to be a spokesperson on behalf of Governor Romney and, and uh, agricultural policy. Um, I, I will tell you that I, I know there will be a, a Republican platform uh, that will address agriculture uh, that will uh, come out of the convention uh, that uh, the Republicans will have during the uh, uh, August uh, time period based on, in Tampa, and uh, they will release, uh, you know, as is done with every uh, uh, Republican and Democratic convention, a platform associated with that, and agriculture will be part of that. I do know from uh, listening to, to Governor Romney and hearing him speak, uh, you know, extensively, uh, the issue of uh, regulations is going to be an important part of his platform, and I think that will be an important part of the agricultural platform, uh, just knowing that he feels like the hand of government has been too heavy and, and certainly proposed to be too heavy in the future. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, releasing any information there because, you know, anyone who listens to any of Governor Romney's speech know that this is, has been a key point that he feels like this has been holding back jobs and economic growth in this country. Can NCFC has actually called for a moratorium on any major new government uh, regulation and, and said, you know, this has gotten so out of control that we need a timeout, if you will, and, and some kind of common sense test to go in and, and, and to look at each one of these uh, circumstances. 
you know, when we look at uh, issues that thankfully we've been successful at, at getting pulled back and we're, you know, child labor on the farms, dust on the farms, those kind of things that, you know, you and I would look at that and just simply say, you know, it doesn't even pass a common sense test. Who could think that stuff? Or that farmers could somehow farm without producing dust. You know, those kind of things, we, we just, you know, we're, we're simply saying, call a timeout, really look at it, you know, from a common sense. Does this really, you know, do something to dramatically improve the environment? Or is this just the heavy hand of government doing, you know, getting in people's business in a way that is, you know, intrusive? And we feel like we've crossed over that line into being intrusive and we're saying enough is enough. Chuck Connor, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you, Ken. Our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic has been Chuck Connor, the president of the National Council for Farmer Cooperatives. Open Mic has been brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. You can find out more at cornfarmerscoalition.org.